You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into your Tuesday edition of Crunch Time right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. We're broadcasting live from the FCO Development Studios here in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company specializing in new multifamily construction. If you want to check us out on our simulcast, you can do so. Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. The World Baseball Classic has come down to two. Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani. There have been some reports that they might actually face each other tonight in something other than a spring training at bat. So that's intriguing. We'll see how that goes tonight at 6 o'clock between the U.S. and Japan with a World Baseball Classic title on the line. Also, previewing Sweet 16 matchups, talking coaching carousel, did you, it, 10 months ago, if I would have told you that the head coach at a school by the name of Fairley Dickinson would have made the NCAA tournament, pulled off the greatest upset in tournament history, and then got a new job right after, would you have believed me? Probably not. And then, and then we're, we're going to the moon today. We're going to talk some Houston Astros. We're all going to sit here and cry about Jose Altuve being out for the first three months of the season. And then we're going to talk about the fact that in the end it won't matter because the Astros are going to get another chip. It's going to be great. My producer and co-host is Mr. James Mesh. James, hello, sir. How are you? Doing good, Matt. You booking it now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Make it a parlay? Who's going who's gonna to stop them? MLB Futures bet? Who's going to stop them? I'd love to see the odds on that. Because you can't tell me that they're not already out. The odds of who's going to win the World Series this year. You, you cannot tell me that that is not already out. I would venture to say that the Astros are probably plus 300. Would, would, be, would be my guess. World Series odds. Astros plus, plus 600. 600. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Throwing a Don? That's juicy. You throwing a Don? That's juicy. Throws down a dollar. Oh, man, no. Plus 600. I'm going to throw down more than that. That's juicy. I might take the Padres plus 1,000, too. Padres look scary. But then again, the, the Padres do what they do every year. They always look scary, and then... They find a way to blow it. But before we get into any baseball talk, in in the world of sports, if you're a head coach, there's one thing that you don't do, especially at a university. Mm-hmm. You do not directly or indirectly throw your fellow head coaches under the bus you just don't earlier today Nick Saban 
was addressing the suspension of one of his defensive backs by the name of Tony Mitchell. He was arrested for fleeing police officers in Florida and was clocked as quickly as 141 miles per hour. So then you're thinking, well, God, why was he why was he running away from the police? What was what was the issue? 226 grams of marijuana were in his car. So that doesn't help his cause. So Nick Saban has suspended this player from all team activities until further notice. They're going to investigate, you know, gather their information and blah, blah, blah. And so Nick Saban found a way to tie in the Brandon Miller scenario with Alabama basketball. Direct quote from Saban. Everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You've got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around, and what you do, who you associate with, and the situations that you put yourself in. Now, is Nick Saban wrong? No. I, I don't think he is. I think he makes valid points in his statement. However, you cannot tell me <coughs> that excuse me. You cannot tell me that that was not a shot at Nate Oates. You know what else you don't do? Again, two things can be true at the same time. Nick Saban made great points, but you don't throw your colleague and coworker under the bus to the national media. It's just not a good look. Now, again, Nick Saban didn't say anything wrong per se, but we all know what he was doing there. Just, just my two cents on, on that. Also, on today's show, we're going to look at Cajuns baseball. They've got a matchup with Grambling tonight at the Teague. LSU will host Central Arkansas, and McNeese will play Houston tonight. Three great matchups in the state. We'll preview all of them for you right here on Crunch Time. Once again, if you want to get in on the game, hotlines 337-706-0111. All right, James, I've got something I want to bring up to you. Did the Saints, or or let let me rephrase, is it too late to look at a Derek Carr trade? The reason I bring that up is there are numerous reports out right now that say Lamar Jackson is ready to move on from the Ravens. Could, could could the Saints? Is it likely? No, of course not. Could the Saints maybe, possibly, in some world, make a move here? Don't do it. Don't do it. You're saying no. Don't do it. Why are you saying no? You've already committed to a guy. You've already, I mean, you've, already you've already committed to the guy that you said you wanted. From the start, for you to do that, you know how bad of a look that looks on you? 
from a fan perspective, from other players' perspective, from a league office perspective. Oh, it, it doesn't. You don't look good at all. It wouldn't be a great look. And no, then I agree. with that, I don't know about you, but I believe in karma. So you trying to trade the guy that you went out of your way and be like, "Hey, look, you were the guy that we've wanted from the start," and then you're, and then a, a month later, not even a month later, you're like, "And eh, let's go get somebody else." That's gonna bite you 20, 30, 40, 45 million different ways. How much longer are we gonna have to wait on Aaron Rodgers to make a decision? <laughs> you thought you thought Aaron Rodgers was gonna make a decision fast? I mean, I was hoping that it'd be a little bit faster than this. Oh, buddy. Obviously, it's gotta be a contract thing at at this point that they're trying to iron out because Aaron Rodgers has already said that he wants to play for the Jets. The Jets have already said that they want Aaron Rodgers. So the one known issue that I can think of is a contract. Contract and still making sure that all the compensation is in order. How long is the contract going to be? How much is Aaron Rodgers going to get paid? And what are the Jets giving up? Correct. So if Aaron Rodgers, say the Aaron Rodgers deal to the Jets falls through. Whether also, who's to say he isn't looking at other teams right now anyway? Well, right. Let, let, let's, say, let's say the deal with the Jets falls through, whether it's a compensation issue or a contract issue. Yeah. Whatever happens, for some reason the deal doesn't go through, he's now looking at another team. Where does he go? Because the the pool, Indy. The pool of teams that need a quarterback has shrunk. You're down to Indy? Because Indy signed Gardner Minshew, but you're not looking to start Gardner Minshew. Indy, Houston, that's really about it. Baltimore, if Lamar leaves, I mean, you're you're running out out of teams. I mean, Indy seems the most intriguing because obviously you've got Jonathan Taylor and Pittman and couple other targets as well so indy seems interesting if you're aaron Rodgers. i mean maybe washington goes out of their way but they had just signed they just signed a couple of guys and i mean i feel like they want to try and give sam howell a shot they love sam howell they love sam howell but and then Dolph- dolphins have expressed how much they still believe in tua correct as the Broncos, as they Broncos trade for Russ. Chiefs have Mahomes. The Raiders just got Jimmy Garoppolo. Chargers have Herbert. So you're looking. Jacksonville has Trevor Lawrence. Tennessee. That one. That one's super interesting. But it's like there's so many. There's so many. Cooks. You would. You would have to there's dump so, Tannehill. You would have to dump Tannehill, and that'd be a big number. And then you're taking up an even bigger number. Correct. With Aaron Rodgers. Correct. And then you still don't know what you're doing. With Malik Willis. And then not only <laughs> would this be a bad look for Aaron Rodgers if the Jets thing falls through, because, I mean, you're really going to tuck your tail between your legs and go back to Green Bay? Probably not. And could and could he go to the Rams? Potentially. Sure. But it's like, it almost feels like the Rams are almost in sell mode. But to piggyback off of my point, not only would it look bad on Aaron Rodgers if the deal falls through, how bad does this look on the Jets? That the guys are literally you threw, begging. You threw everything into this one guy. 
and then you don't get him? What, what, how awkward is it going to be when you walk in that team meeting room and go, Zach, my boy. And he's like, yeah, no. I mean, to be fair, he said whatever vet they bring in, he's going to make practice hell for them. Which is is cute. It's adorable. It's adorable that he, but, that he still thinks he could be a competent starter. I, I just, th- this is going to be better than reality TV. Because you, you really can't see, realistically, you can't see the Rams, Bucks, Falcons, you know, any of those teams trade for him because I, I don't see how the Packers would be willing to do that. No. Unless unless everything else falls through and they just can't make a deal with any of the AFC teams because they had expressed they don't want to trade. They don't want to trade him in the NFC. So like, the only realistic ones are Tennessee, mm. but that one's really tough. Indy and Houston. Indy, Houston. That's it. That's all you got. That, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. The quarterback pool that Aaron Rodgers can choose from. It's gotten pretty slim. Mm-hmm. So if New York doesn't work out, I would not be surprised if he has to tuck his tail between his legs and go back to Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay would have to kind of do the same thing because they've already expressed that they don't really want him back either. But I don't know. Things things with that are going to get super interesting o- over the next couple of weeks. We'll take a time out here on Crunch Time, and when we return, we'll hear from Jay Johnson, who held a press conference earlier this week in preparation for tonight's matchup with Central Arkansas. And then at 5 o'clock, Brendan Moore will join us to talk to the NCAA tournament thus far. And then, like we said, at 5.30, we're going to the moon for an Astros season preview right here on the game. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Speaking of the Astros, if you want to see the defending World Series champs in person, you're in luck because the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our very first Astros weekend getaway of the season. Houston takes on the Texas Rangers on April 15th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com for four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time 420 here on your Tuesday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, is up on The Game Hotline. 337-706-0111. The LSU Fighting Tigers will host Central Arkansas tonight for baseball with a 6.30 first pitch pregame set for six, and you can hear it, of course, right here on the game. But when you look at their season thus far, the Tigers come into this game with a record of 18-2. and two. They are 3-1 and one 
on the road. They are two and one at neutral sites. So I think you can get where I'm going with this because there's their two losses. They're 13 and 0 so far this season inside Alex Box Stadium. They have a winning percentage of 900, 90%, which is unreal. I don't care if you've played Joe Blow from down the road. A 90% winning percentage is incredible. And then to go into College Station with a top 15 matchup, 1 versus 11, and going into Sunday, you had outscored Texas A&M 21-7? to I mean, that's insane. And then you, you lose on Sunday, but it was a close game all the way through. You had the lead late. And, and, you know, Texas A&M just made a couple more plays, scoring four runs in the eighth inning. So it was still a solid performance by LSU, and now you're sitting at 18-2, and two, likely going to stay the number one team in the country. And then you've got a top 10 matchup with Arkansas coming in this weekend. Arkansas is currently ranked number six. They play 7 o'clock on Friday, 1 o'clock on Saturday, and then 12 noon on Sunday, but head coach Jay Johnson met with the media earlier this week and he talked about the opening series of SEC play against Texas A&M. Yeah, um, it's good to be back in league play. Um, it was a good competitive weekend. Uh, obviously a good accomplishment, I think, could be off on this. You guys would probably know better than me. I think we were the only road team to win the series this weekend, um, which is a good good thing um obviously would have liked to finish off yesterday four outs away from you know sweeping a team that you know a number of coaches you know picked to win the national championship so um so i thought all in all was way more positive than not and um you know we'll uh just kind of get regrouped and ready for the next week jay johnson also talked about paul Skeens, their friday night guy the air force transfer and when I let me let me tell you something about about Mr. Mr. Skeens. His stat line so far this year. Read it off to me, Matt. Give it to me. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. So in five appearances. Like he needs to go take a shower after this? I mean, I probably would, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's that dirty. He's appeared in five games. Mm-hmm. He's five and oh. He's pitched 30 and one-thirds innings. He's only given up 12 hits. He's only given up two runs. He's only walked four batters. (laughs) He has struck out 59, and batters are hitting 115 against him. He has a whip of .53 and an ERA of .59. Yeah, that is. Oh, and 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 did I mention the guy can hit? LSU hasn't broken out that weapon yet, but he's a two-way player. He did it at Air Force quite often. They haven't needed to yet. He can play DH. So we're we're, we're talking about pitching statistics right now. But at the end of the season, we could be talking about a dude that had a sub-3 ERA and a 280 batting average. 
Yikes. Here's head coach Jay Johnson on his Friday night ace. Yeah, and it's, you knew it right away. Um, you know, I've said this a few times, like, in my meetings with players, like, always want to be on it. You know, I want, I want to make sure that it's productive use of their time. He almost, like, commands this, like, hey, man, you better be on it or he's going to know you're not, you know, kind of thing, because he's so serious about what he's doing and um, strikes out so many guys that, you know, I mean, it was great. We were able to get him an out in the sixth inning, but it's like couldn't go much further than that because he was so good. Um, great problem to have. Um, but, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's every bit as advertised, and um, it shows. Coach Johnson also talked. We talked about the eight to six loss on Sunday, and we talked about how A and M was able to score four runs late in the contest in the eighth inning. Jay Johnson talked about the late inning pitching on Sunday and where things kind of went wrong. There was some good in our relievers yesterday. I mean, Riley came in and got a double play. Chase came in and got us out of a big time jam right there. Um, you know, Christian was. I mean, we were one out away from taking a two run lead into the ninth and. Uh, Tucker, excuse me, let me go back. Wells' is at bat was the difference in the game, the walk to make it 6-5. Because even if he hits a single right there, it's still a 6-6 game. And um, we'd at least made Johnston throw some pitches. We could have been able to maybe get into an extra inning deal. And with our offense, you know, you feel good about you feel good about that. Um, so, yeah, it's the margin between winning and losing against, um, you know, good teams um, is small. He also previewed the matchup this weekend, a top ten matchup at Alex Box with Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, I mean, super talented, um, really good hitters throughout the lineup. I mean, they're so talented that they lost just about everybody on the position player side of it, with a couple exceptions, and they're just as good. Um, that kind of stands out. Um, you know, they have. Um, you know the pitchers they've had a couple injuries but it's like i think they gave up very few runs this week into auburn who is an omaha team so loaded for bear as usual um one of the best recruiting programs in the country and thus one of the best programs in the country so it'll be a good good challenge so james while we're on the topic of lsu baseball you know i'm i'm such a i'm such a stats nerd in your opinion, 20 games into the season, what would be a batting average that really just pops off the page at you? Over what number? Are we looking at it from LSU? Correct. Uh, I would say, I mean, probably hitting over 420. Over 420. Okay. I mean, well, because like, I push it up as a team. Because, I mean, I just know that there's so many guys that can just hit nukes. Correct. So I, I could probably even go lower and just say a, a clean even four. Okay, so you have two guys hitting over 400 right now at LSU. Yeah. Tommy White Tommy. is hitting 419. Mm-hmm. And Dylan Cruz is hitting 508. It's nuts. 508. And he doesn't even lead the team in home runs. No. Jared, but, that, but that's also because he gets purposely hit. Jared Jones has seven so so far on the year. As a freshman, Jared Jones has seven home runs on the year. I I think I need to lower it as well. I think I should probably say the average, if I had to guess, 
would be three seven. Three seventy. Maybe less. Maybe like three six. Okay, so if you say three six, there's four guys hitting over three six. Three sixty seven, three seventy nine, mm-hmm. four nineteen, and then five oh eight. Yeah. Okay. That's wild. The offense that this LSU team has been able to produce early on in the season has just been absolutely insane to look at. Let's, you know, talking about runs scored, LSU has crossed home plate 222 times already, 20 games in. That's an average of 11 runs a game. They're averaging 11 runs a game. You know how many runs they've given up to their opponents? 53. The the gap between what LSU has been able to do and what they are keeping their opponents from doing is it, it it's unreal. Okay, so they're so as a team they're hitting 330, but the opponents are only hitting 177. That, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, dude. And and then every you'd, you'd probably say for a regular team You'd be looking for two sixty as yeah. a team. Oh yeah. If you if you're if you're hitting two fifty plus as a team, you're feeling good. You've got a solid offense. Yeah. LSU's hitting three thirty. Yeah. Because I I guess I'm so used to looking at Tommy White and De- Dylan Cruz's stats. I'm like, if you're not yeah. hitting four, what are you doing? Right, right. No, but no, I, mean, I mean, you need if you're hitting three. Oh, if you're, that's absolutely insane. If you if you're hitting three hundred a qu- a third of the way through the year. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're having a good you're having a good start to the year. You're hitting three fifty plus. I mean that's just that's just nasty. Um, somebody hitting five oh eight. I mean that's just no wonder he's projected to be the number one overall pick in the MLB. Draft. Superhuman. That is freaky. But uh, you know we'll continue this conversation after this timeout. We'll also talk about the Cajuns and the Cowboys, and you'll hear from Matt Deggs next. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download FanDuel.com. Just go to FanDuel.com slash KLWB and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will cut down the nets. I'm going to take Houston, Alabama, and Creighton to win their Sweet 16 matchups, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash KLWB to sign up. Make every moment more with Fandle. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at Fandle.com slash sportsbook. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. James Mesh, got a question for you, my good sir. Are you surprised that Dennis Allen and Jeff Ireland 
are going to Ohio State's Pro Day tomorrow. Are you surprised? Man, they're going to Ohio State. I'm surprised they don't have a house over there. I'm surprised they don't have their own apartment complex with how often they go over there and how many people, how many players they draft from the Buckeyes. So they're going to be at Ohio State's Pro Day tomorrow, and then they're going to be at Alabama's Pro Day on mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah, they tend to draft Alabama players too. Color, color me just so Red. surprised. Color me so surprised. Not at all. Okay, moving on. Yesterday, Cajuns head coach for baseball, Matt Deggs, met with the media to talk about the weekend sweep over Arkansas State and preview the week ahead with a five-game stretch. Grambling tonight, Southeastern tomorrow, and then a three-game set on the road at South Alabama. And he talked about the opportunity that this team has with midweek games to get better. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where my mindset's at. Is let's continue to get better this week, and uh, I, we need to see a good start out of Sam Hill tomorrow night. And uh, you know, you can't take anything for granted with with who you're playing because baseball's a funny game. And if you give people stuff, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile, and they're, you're going to put your back against the wall. And that's tough at our ballpark sometimes because the wind will turn back around. It's going to come out of the south. And now all of a sudden, you're not getting rewarded with opposite field home runs. They're long fly balls. Uh, and so we need to do a great job of playing to the conditions. And that's a huge teach is, is hitting to the, to the conditions and playing to the conditions. Uh, I felt like we held an edge this weekend because of the weather just because that's the way we're trained is we do a lot of uncomfortable stuff. And our guys thrive in that type of stuff. He also talked about how, you know, looking at this week, you coming off a sweep, feeling confident about yourself, and and you play a, a grambling team that's six and thirteen to start the year, you, you might get a little ahead of yourself. You might look, you know, Southeastern's a good team. Maybe we should worry more about them. Maybe we should look ahead to South Alabama this weekend because they're a conference rival and all that. Matt Deggs is is here to tell you that uh, you can't overlook anybody. It's going to be a test tomorrow night because it's a busy week, and I don't want to take anybody lightly, and we definitely shouldn't. And so all of our focus is on Grambling, uh, and then we'll worry about you know the next four games after that. But I would like us to be able to sustain some momentum offensively. We have got to get better at cashing in and Alpha ABs run our third lesson two. Have to. We're getting out hit in that spot right now, which can't happen. Uh, I want to see us continue to use our legs to create and not wait to get hits. We need to start small in order to finish big. That's always been our formula. Uh, we're on a stolen base pace right now to do some really good things stolen base-wise. Uh, I want to continue to stay aggressive, play the game with intensity, and uh, just go out and play fast, hard, and loose, uh, no matter who we're playing. Coach Dex talked about doing things well on the base paths. The Cajuns will go into tonight's game ranked 7th nationally in stolen bases so far on the year, which is very impressive when you think about it. Heath Hood has 13 stolen bases already. Uh, but one guy that has developed really well for the Cajuns is their Sunday pitcher in Jackson Nazu, a Florida State transfer that ha- each week it seems like he just gets a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. 
Well, this past Sunday against Arkansas State, he pitched eight innings of one-hit baseball, had a perfect game going into the seventh until he gave up back-to-back walks in the seventh, and then then the no-hitter was broken after that with a single. But again, eight innings of one-pitch baseball and one-hit baseball. It was absolutely incredible to see. He struck out a career-high nine batters as well, and uh, Coach Dex talked about the development of Nazu. It's been like climbing a, a flight of stairs, right? So he goes one step, and it was okay. He barely got up it, and then got up the next one pretty good. Uh, wasn't able to reach the next one, but the next week he was, and the next week, and then you get into the sixth week and and uh, or fifth week, and you see uh, the development of somebody that has a lot of talent and potential, and that works hard. And it's fun to watch confidence grow in kids. Uh, confidence is the great elixir. That's the if you could bottle that, you'd be the richest guy on earth for anybody. Uh, this is a very confident, confidence-driven game. Uh, no matter if you're coaching, playing, cheering, uh, even if you're cheering, you've been in your house cheering for somebody, and I promise you, you went and sat in the same seat when you scored, and then if you didn't score, you felt like it's your fault. It's all confidence-driven, and uh, so to get that type of uh, start out of him and see him get that deep, that's going to go a long way in his future success. 337-706-0111 if you want to hit us up on the game hotline. James, when you look at sports, one one thing that I've always found or, or thought was incredibly important is the ability to be resilient and the ability to get back up after you get knocked down, right? So if you look at this Cajuns baseball team, let's go back to February 28th, the right after they swept BYU at home to have their record sitting at 6-1. and one. You get punched in the mouth, you lose to McNeese. And then you come home to play a really good Campbell team, and you lose two out of three. So you'd lost three straight before you won the game on Sunday. You lose three straight, what happens? They ripped off three straight wins. Then you lose the following Saturday to high point. After that high point game, you win two straight games. And then you lose to Mississippi State, and you returned with a sweep of Arkansas State. Anytime this team loses, they bounce back better than they were before. And Coach Dex talked about that yesterday, about how his team just doesn't stay down for very long. Yeah, that's a good point. That takes great leadership, Matt. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about within the walls of your clubhouse. Uh, these guys don't get down, they get mad. And that's a, you know, when you can surround yourself with bad losers, that's a, that's a good combination of good players that are bad losers. Uh, they want to get that taste out of their mouth quick. And they sometimes have the ability to just will it to happen. It's not pretty all the time, but they'll figure out a way to outlast you. And uh, felt like we did that yesterday a little bit. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a great quality to have. The 14 team never lost back-to-back games until the last one. Uh, and that's, that's always the barometer is, you know, that's what great teams do. They're going to lose. That's just, it's baseball, right? Even the Astros probably lost five games in a row at some point last year if we go back and look. I'd be shocked if they didn't. 
but the good ones, man, they don't stay down long. And the same holds true with hitters. Uh, they just find a way, find an excuse to win, and, and uh, that's what these guys do. Let's take a look at your poll question of the day up on Facebook and Twitter. World Baseball Classic comes to an end tonight with the championship game between the United States and Japan. Who wins? Is it the U.S.? Is it Japan? Or are you asking us what the hell is the World Baseball Classic? So far on Twitter, 81% of you are saying the U.S., 10% saying Japan, and the other 9% asking what the hell is the WBC. Salty Steve says, I believe it is on the same level as the hot dog eating championship, the dodgeball championship, and the cornhole championship. Why can't we televise it on the Ocho? If you don't get the Ocho reference, that is a that is a dodgeball reference. Among others. Uh there was this there was this running joke that there was a an ESPN eight. And it played all the oddball sports, cornhole and dodgeball and just, you know, wiffle ball, home run derbies. Eventually, they're going to have to get the pickleball championship. Right, right. All of those odd sports that people, you know, you follow, obviously, if that's what you like, good for you. Cricket. Yeah. All the all the over, like the 2 a.m. sports. The Polo. Correct. Like th- that kind of stuff would be on the Ocho. That good good work there, Salty Steve. I like Have you ever that. tried water polo? Have I ever tried water polo? Yes, yes, I have. You and, were exhausted. I bet you were exhausted. Not only was I exhausted, mm-hmm. I couldn't feel my legs. Couldn't feel them. That man was doggy paddling the whole now, time. Don't get me wrong. I played, and I actually played halfway okay. I'm not saying I was. I'd be like this Olympic gold medalist, but like, no, he's could, he's saying it. I could make the team as a third substitute. As a fifteenth substitute. <laughs> oh God, that's rude. I wasn't that bad. I scored a couple goals. Ish. Mm. Maybe. Maybe they <laughs> felt bad for you. They're like, oh, we'll count it, whatever. Oh my God. The Notorious Dub says, just hoping that Trey Turner gets the hero out of his system prior to the season. Go Braves. JK says, baseball season starts on May 5th when the Mariners start their takedown of the Astros. Other than that, here's all that matters. Let's go to the game hotline now. Frank, what's going on, sir? Frank, you got me? Yeah, I got you. What's up? What's going on? Uh, not a lot. Hope y'all are good. Look, Absolutely. Great question for y'all. Okay. What's the greatest home run you've ever seen? The greatest home run that I have ever seen. Now, and I want Steve to call in on this, too, because he has seen a lot of ball. Now, does it have to be in person? No, it doesn't have to be okay. in person because the one I watched was on television. Okay. Um. God, I don't. I, I Got don't. that Yordan four fifty dead centers up there for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I would have to go with the Carlos Correa three run homer in Game Five of the World Series in twenty seventeen. 
Okay. Okay. Outside of Houston. Don't be a homer. Don't be a homer outside of Houston. You can do college, high school. Barry Bonds breaking the home run record. Was it legal, though? I mean, that's that, that's each person's opinion. <laughs> But the the way the way that crowd reacted, I mean, that was just that was awesome to see. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, but, I feel yeah, like, I feel like the there's a earth. I feel like there's a right answer to this question. No, there's no right or wrong. It, it's a it's an objective question. I mean, it's the greatest from from your viewpoint, your uh, opinion. Uh, I, I know a lot of LSU fans. Uh, Jack Morris yeah. is probably going to rank right up there. Yeah, I mean that's def- that's definitely uh, up there. Mine was Frank Thomas. Uh, I've never seen a baseball hit a- as hard as Frank Thomas did it in Comiskey Park. Um, I-, I thought it was an epic shot. I never thought the ball would come down. Um, it's a big it-, hurt. it was a beautiful moonbeam. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. has got to be right up there on the list. He had the the greatest swing in baseball probably ever. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you brought up Frank Thomas. That's an interesting point. Uh, I mean, I mean, the big hurt crushed a lot of baseballs, and then King Griffey Jr. I agree with you. He probably has the purest swing in baseball. So I, I just wanted to get your thoughts, you know, and, and make sure uh, T calls up. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure it happens. Frank, appreciate Thank you. Thank you, boys. That's actually an interesting conversation to have. Greatest home run you've ever seen. If you got an answer to that, hit us up on the game hotline 337-706-0111. We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one right after this. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We here at the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, know that you love our shenanigans on and off the air, and we want to help you help us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana and click the bell so that you can get notifications when we post our brand new content and game recaps. Help us get to a thousand subscribers and see even more of our fun behind the scenes at The Game Louisiana on YouTube. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Wrapping up our number one, we got Matt on the hotline. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys, I just want to thank the last caller for the home run question. Great question. So many great ones out there. You know, I saw uh, when Hank Aaron broke the Babes record, that was awesome. The Kirk Gibson dinger, but the greatest one I ever saw, of course, 1996, Warren Morris, walk-off, game-winner, World Series champion, home run. Yeah, the, that, that one in Omaha was, was incredibly special. Um, and, and Warren Morris, he just, the second that ball was hit, you knew it was gone incredible yeah no i i i agree it's definitely up there for sure thank you guys appreciate the call man so in our number two we're going to talk with brendan Moore about the ncaa tournament he's been 
at every Michigan State game so far in the tournament. We'll talk about, to him about the Spartans, what they were able to do well, his thoughts on the tournament the rest of the way. We're also going to preview the final of the World Baseball Classic between the U.S. and Japan. The U.S. looking to repeat as champions while Japan looking for their third WBC title. Could we see a Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani at bat? There's reports that Shohei wants to pitch in relief tonight. And if that's the case, you could very well see it. And that would be... Spicy. That would be very spicy. Muy, we all we all want it. Muy, we all want to see it. Muy caliente. Very spicy. So, we'll do that in hour number two. We'll also talk to our guy Brian Lalima, the co-host of the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Radio 790 in Houston. He's also a senior contributor for Apollo HOU for To The Moon Tuesdays. We'll look at the Astros, what they're expected to do in 2023. Where's the health of Jordan Alvarez? Where's the health of Jose Altuve? We'll look at all of that and so much more right here. Hour number two of Crunch Time coming up right after the top of the hour sports update on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of Crunch Time is live right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette, Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, give us a call on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. In hour number one, we talked about LSU baseball. Off to their 18-2 start, they host Central Arkansas tonight at Alex Box Stadium. You'll hear pregame and the contest right here on the game beginning at 6 o'clock. We also talked about the Louisiana Raging Cajuns getting ready to do battle with Grambling tonight in about an hour, and we previewed the World Baseball Classic ever so slightly. Here in hour number two, we're going to continue that preview of the World Baseball Classic, and we'll do To the Moon Tuesdays with Apollo HOU getting ready for the Astros getting underway on March 30th. But before we do any of that... Let's talk about the NCAA tournament, which has been, for lack of better words, incredible thus far. Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network joins us on the game hotline. Now, Brendan, you went to quite a few games so far of the NCAA tournament. From your perspective, what have, what have been your thoughts of the dance so far? Yeah, so I was down in uh, Columbus on Friday and Sunday. I covered Michigan State, but I watched some of the other games, including uh, a little bit of the Marquette-Vermont game, but also watched, on, especially on Sunday, I watched that second-round game between FDU and FAU. It's been an upset-filled tournament so far, which is what a lot of people like. I mean, I feel like not enough people are talking about Princeton, who's now in the Sweet 16. It's the third year in a row that there's been a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. So, I mean, not a whole lot of people are really talking about Princeton from what I've seen. I think we've maybe kind of gotten used to a 15 seed being in the Sweet 16. It's kind of weird, but 
yeah, I mean, the East region's kind of been pretty crazy. I've been paying attention to that a lot. Obviously, all all games in Columbus, which I was at, were in the East region. So it's been a really fun tournament so far. You know, if I would have told you that at the beginning of this basketball season that when March rolled around, there was going to be a program by the name of Fairleigh Dickinson that was going to make the NCAA tournament on a technicality, pull off the biggest upset in tournament history, and then their coach, who was in his first year with the program, is now going to Iona. You would have told me what? I would have thought you had four eyes. I would have thought you were crazy. Just like if you would have told me that TCU, your one under Sonny Dykes, would have made the college football playoff national championship game. I mean, the, just this year in college sports has been absolutely crazy. I mean, whether that's you know the transfer portal, because that's a constant between all sports and, uh, and NCAA. So, I mean, it's just been a crazy year in all sports, really, for college. Now, looking at Fairleigh Dickinson, how impressed were you with the way that they were able to play in that game against Purdue? Because, you know, a lot of people were high on Purdue. Some people had Purdue going to the Final Four or even the National Championship game. And I know you've seen a good amount of Purdue being in the Big Ten, uh, but how shocked were you truly by by that 16-1 upset? Yeah, I had Purdue out in the second round. I never thought in a million years they would lose to Fairleigh Dickinson. I mean, I always say before the tournament, there's always one or two play-in game teams that might win, uh, pick up some some momentum with the play-in games in Dayton. They get the, get a win under their belt, then they go into the first round game, pick up another win. But that's usually an at-large team, like Arizona State did it this year. That's usually like an 11 seed or a 12 seed. That's never a 16 seed. They don't go from playing and then then beat the one seed. You don't see that. So that was it. Was I mean they're a feisty group, Fairleigh Dickinson. I mean they played really well against Purdue. It's just unbelievable because the size of that team compared to Zach Eady, who's a seven four giant, one of the best players in college basketball. So it was truly improbable what we saw on uh, what was that? Yeah, Friday night. Looking at the Sweet 16, you know, you brought up Princeton being a 15 seed in, in the Sweet 16. Anybody else that made that field a 16 that kind of sticks out to you? Maybe you were a little surprised by? I mean, after the Purdue loss, FAU, it wasn't shocking that FAU beat FDU, but if you would have told me before the tournament that FAU would have been the team to go to the Sweet 16 under that kind of pod, I, I pr- probably would have been a little bit shocked there. Arkansas over Kansas. I really like Eric Musselman's group. A lot of transfer portal guys. Uh, they got a good squad. So I like the Razorbacks. They're, they're facing a tough test in UConn. Uh, I mean, I have Creighton in the Elite Eight in my bracket, but I thought they performed well. Uh, they beat Baylor on Sunday. I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of that game because I was uh, I was in Columbus on Sunday. But Creighton's been uh, I think they're a team to watch out for. They got a favorable matchup against Princeton. But the catch is, yeah, Princeton's a 15 seed. But all teams at here in the Sweet 16, they're red hot. They have two straight wins at least under their belt. So it's going to be tough for all teams. Chat with Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network. Looking at your Spartans, they're going to tr- they're going to compete with a really good Kansas State squad on on Thursday afternoon. What are your thoughts on that matchup? And what do the Spartans have to do to get a win in that one? Yeah, I mean, 
I was kind of shocked to see that Michigan State opened as the favorite. I think uh, the betting spread's now up to minus two in favor of Michigan State, whether that's uh, the advantage of having Tom Izzo or I'm not sure. Uh, Kansas State has a really good basketball team, only nine losses on the season and probably the best conference in all of college basketball in the Big 12. Uh, they got really good guard play, can- guard play uh, does Kansas State, and that's what that's what wins in March. We've seen it with Michigan State. Michigan State's got three really good guards. Uh, A.J. Hogard, got to watch out for. Tyson Walker really turned it on on Sunday. I think he had 23 points against Marquette. Uh, Jaden Akins, he's a sophomore. Uh, he can really turn it on. He's an explosive player. But for them to win, it's going to be have to be a typical Izzo-coached game. Defense and toughness, that's what Michigan State, that's what Tom Izzo is built upon. We saw that if you watch Sunday's game against Marquette, you saw exactly what a Tom Izzo team is supposed to look like, and they need to stick to that identity to win. Who do you have now winning the, the national championship this year for the NCAA tournament? Uh, before the tournament started, I had Houston over Alabama. I'm going to stick with that because, I mean, I'm going to stick with my gut. Uh, to what, what it told me before the tournament, but I really like how Alabama's looking right now. I mean, they, they look unstoppable. Uh, Brandon Miller's just, I mean, probably the best basketball player remaining in this tournament. Alabama's got a complete team, in my opinion. But, yeah, I, I, I'm still going to go with Houston over Bama. I'm going to stick to my gut and what I had before the tournament started. NFL draft coming up in about a month. Pro Day's happening right now. Uh, what are what are some storylines that that you might be watching as we get closer and closer to the draft? Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, really interesting to see what happens with the Jalen Carter situation. Where does he get drafted? Obviously, I don't want to dive too deep into the legal situation, but I think it'll just be interesting to see where he falls. I assume he's going to fall a little bit, uh, but also quarterbacks. You know, Anthony Richardson's going to get a, has gotten a lot of hype out of the combine. I mean, those of us who've watched college football know he's an alien. He's a he's an athlete. He's an athletic freak. He's he's really athletic, super fast. But what can he do throwing the football? Can he make those NFL type throws? Uh, that's something we're gonna have to wait and find out. Also, uh, the Panthers trading up to number one. I think that's interesting. Are they going to take a quarterback? We assume they're going to take a quarterback. Uh, is it going to be Bryce Young? Is it going to be C.J. Stroud? So those are kind of the Kind of a few things I'm looking forward to coming up for uh, NFL draft. Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network joining us here on the game hotline. Brendan, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the rest of this tournament, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you again soon, closer to the draft. All right, sounds good. Enjoy the tournament. And there he goes, Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network. James, you you, you just got giddy about something over there. What, what's 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 going on? You're just getting zung right now by Aaron. Oh, what did he say? He said, man, Matt's on a hot streak of questions right now. Seven in a row. Okay. Got him. Zinger. Okay. All right. Anyway. In, case, in case you're wondering, Matt was a little upset a little earlier. What an upset. No, you were pretty upset. Was not upset. No, I was not upset. And I don't necessarily disagree with the statement. Okay. You got pretty defensive about it, though. McNeese has won their last seven games. And mm-hmm. not, not discrediting McNeese at all. They, they've won their last seven games. They're playing really good baseball right now. 
and they host a really good Houston team tonight. Cajuns are on a three-game win streak, and, and LSU. LSU is at a big old zero because they lost to on Sunday. Out of those three teams, who would you say is the hottest team in the state? At the moment, McNeese. On one side of it, yes. Because we're not talking about who's the better team. If we're talking about who's the better team, we're talking about LSU. If we're talking about who's hot at the moment, it's McNeese because they've won seven in a row. That's your opinion. <laughs> it's, just, I'm, I'm, it's obviously I'm obviously joking. I'm obviously joking. But no, you know, you look at Louisiana. You talked about winning three straight. Jackson Nazu was named Sun Belt Conference Pitcher of the Week this week. He was also named one of the eight national players of the week by Collegiate Baseball. And then LSU, I mean, number one team in the country. So when you look at those three programs, you know, the the three that we cover on a regular basis, there's a lot to be excited about. Because, again, McNeese on a seven-game win streak, the Cajuns on a three-game win streak, and they have a really good conference series coming this weekend. And then LSU is about to have a top-ten matchup at Alex Box this weekend. So makes our jobs fun. Makes our jobs easy. So shout-out to Aaron. Appreciate you for listening, bud. I'm also his new best friend, by the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. Y'all are always going to team up to to jump me any chance y'all get. So it's fine. It's so easy. It's fine. Um, I'm not offended. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. <laughs> go go ahead, say it. We all we all know that, huh? Yeah, that that's what that's what was coming out of your mouth. You set it up yourself. Yeah, three three seven seven zero six zero one 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 is the number to call on the game hotline. And once again, if you want to check out our simulcast, you can do so on Stadium thirty two point three and Channel one thirty three on LUS Fiber. I want to throw a hypothetical at you, okay? Cam Newton said that there are... Oh, God, are we doing this? He said there aren't 32 quarterbacks better than him. Wrong. I'm wondering, how many are how many are you taking before you're like, ah, I'll, I'd start him. I'd start Mr. Newton. I'm taking a solid 20 of them before I consider starting Cam. Hmm. Interesting. I'd take at least 40. Oh, and man. that and, and and you know what's crazy? And you know what's crazy? I would even take Zach Wilson before I take Cam Newton. Cam, that says something. There, there comes and look. I, I, I like Cam and I respect his game and I respect what he was able to do in the NFL. But there comes a point where, dude, you just got to give it up. You just got to give it up. Tom Brady reached that point. I personally think Aaron Rodgers has reached that point. And then there's Cam Newton. Look, Cam Newton's only 32. I get it. But the injuries that that guy has had to go through, and now he just sat out for a full season, It, it you're not coming back. And it's funny because he's actually 33, going to turn 34 in May. That's like Colin. That would be like Colin Kaepernick coming back to the NFL and expecting to play well. Like... There's, I would I would no rather way. I would rather take like Carson Wentz and take Matt Ryan at this I point. I would start Malik Willis before I started Cam Newton. 
I would start Malik Willis before I started Cam Newton. I, I, I might even start Matt Corral before I'd, I started Cam I'd Newton. I'd start Sam Howell. I mean, Sam Howell showed you something. That's what I'm saying. Granted, there's only one game, but he showed you something. Like there's, there's so many quarterbacks that I would rather take at this point. G- give it up, Cam. Give it up. You know, looking at some other top stories in sports, a Louisiana legend and an NBA legend, Willis Reed, has died at the age of 80, graduate of Grambling University and a member of the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. He led the Knicks to their only two titles that they have won. Once again, Louisiana Hall of Famer and a Grambling grad. He was an NBA's Rookie of the Year back in 1965 and the MVP in 1970. And he was a seven-time NBA All-Star. Let's go to the game hotline now. Paul, what's up? Uh, not much, man. Um, I, I couldn't hear. Now, who that was that, that you talking about from Louisiana or whatever, um, play with the Knicks? Willis Reed. Oh, Willis Reed? I didn't know he was from Louisiana. Yeah, he went to he went to Grambling. I didn't even know that. Ain't that stuff when something happened to him? Uh, he he passed away today. Oh man, I didn't know that. Man, are you serious? The Reed is gone. Yep. Dang. Man, that messed my head up. Man, I, I didn't know that. Oh, thank God for for him because of our championships. Oh, man, great years, great years. I didn't see him, but I saw him by pressing rewind. <laughs> you know, I definitely called to remind you. I know you know what time it is. Um, few more days. What is you know what is, is it Aaron Judge time? No, no, no. It's the Yankee Championship season start, baby. That's what time it is. God, Paul. We, we, we more than just one man. We a team. Paul, Paul, this why, Paul, why are you doing this to yourself? Not doing nothing. We gonna win. This is our year. You get, you're getting yourself. You getting yourself so. our year. You're getting yourself so excited. Just yeah. to be torn down at the end of the year. The Red Sox oh, yeah. are going to finish higher in the standings than y'all. They say that every year. And what happened last year? What, what did they do? Nothing. What, it was trash. What did the Yankees do last year? Uh, we did better than them. Made the playoffs. And we won MVP. <laughs> won MVP too. So we do have something there. We wouldn't we wouldn't the ugly Sox. Come on. What did they do? Look at their record. Come on. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. You were a better team last year, but you can't say they didn't do do anything when you really didn't do anything either. We didn't win the chip, but we did a whole lot better than we made the playoffs and won MVP. At least we got won something. Shoot, at least we made the playoffs. Come on now. You got to give us that. I mean, can't keep beat, can't beat a team that keeps cheating. You know, I mean, can't help that part. But at the end of the day, that was last season and year before that. Nobody is worrying about the past. We're talking about the present, my brother. This is what this is about. In a few more days, Yankee championship season starts. Astros got their little two boo-woo-woo. Now they got to go to the end of the line, same as the Braves. It's our time. I don't see nobody else a threat out there for us. This is our year. The only threat is ourselves. We're going to beat our – the Knicks is doing well. We might – we knock out the Greek freak. Somebody knock the Greek freak out. The, I'm telling you now. Bucks glow, lose. The Knicks going to the championship. Knicks going to if, if the Bucks lose, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, have to, we going to the championship. Oh, Paul, thank so, you for giving me the joke of the day, bud. I, I really appreciate that. It's not a joke. It's the truth. But I'll, I'll let you go. Remember that. You heard it from me first. Paul, appreciate you, bud. <laughs> All right. Later, bro. I'll close with this. Let's look at the Yankees pitching rotation. You got Garrett Cole. 
good arm, right? Yeah. We, we like Garrett Cole. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, Sure. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Then you have Frankie Montas, who's hurt. Could miss the whole year. Then you have Carlos Rodon, who, again, is hurt. Could miss half of the year. So then you look at it and... Who else? Who who else do you have? Luis Severino, solid pitcher, not bad. Domingo Germán, again, solid pitcher, not bad. Nestor Cortez. My my question is, what did the Yankees do this offseason that makes them infinitely better than they were in 2022? And my answer to that question is. Absolutely nothing. Look, Matt, it's that time of the year. It's copium o'clock. Nothing. It's copium o'clock. You have done nothing. You have put the weight of the world into two rookie prospects that you hope works. Hope and a prayer. That's going to win you a World Series. We'll take a timeout, and uh, we'll, we'll talk World Baseball Classic next. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's crawfish time in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is giving you everything you need to win the ultimate crawfish boil with the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, and Iron Horse Sales and Service. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card. Boiling pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chest, tumblers and chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Plus, we'll even throw in a pair of Astros tickets. Enter now in the Game Rewards Club for the ultimate crawfish bowl giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales and Service, and the game. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time 526 here on your Tuesday. Let's go to the game hotline. Reynolds, what's up? How's it going, guys? Fantastic, sir. How are you? I want to know what Paul's smoking. Is that some of that hippy-dippy stuff? Because he's smoking it a lot. There ain't a chance in hell that the Yankees are going to the World Series. Now, now, Reynolds, b- before you continue, who who are you a fan of? Uh, I kind of like Astros just because they're local. Okay. I've always been a Boston Red Sox fan because uh, I've been to the stadium. I watch okay. the game. I like the, the just the history of it. I love it. I've been to a Yankees game, and the Yankees – it's a massive stadium, massive. I think they figure out since we can't put a big team on on the on the field, we'll make the field big to compensate. <laughs> oh, it's massive. Oh no, I've, I've you been. Know what? Huh? I've been. It, it, it's absolutely huge. But you know the thing is, Yankees last year had uh, one basic thing: their pitching was suspect the whole year round. Mm-hmm. Okay, they had justice. Okay, uh, I'm I'm sorry, judge. That was it. 
if he wouldn't have had an all-pro, all-everything year, which he's not going to have again this year, the chances of him doing that again are slim to none. He'll be good, but he's not going to be like he was last year. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. If he does, more power to him. But if it wasn't for Aaron Judge saving them most of the year and everyone riding his coattails, they wouldn't have made it past the first round, which they made to the second round, right? Correct. I mean, I'm the pitching, and they haven't done anything to uh, to um, address the pitching. They haven't done diddly squat, you know. So I don't see it happening. And if they do, hey, more power to Paul. I just don't see it happening. I think there's other teams in front of them that that's, that's going to blow them out the water. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't disagree with you. Um, yeah, they they made it to the ALCS before getting swept by the by the Astros in the ALCS. But you know, you you, you look at the Yankees and, and we we kind of talked about it just now. They had this ALCS type season, and then what did they do in the off season? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nothing and at all. They're they're placing all the eggs into the basket of these two rookie prospects that are supposed to work out, and who knows? They very well might work out, and they might turn out to be these great players in the MLB. But you don't know that yet. You just don't know. Yeah. And granted, I think they they could rake the ball. They could, I mean, besides Judge, they could rake the ball. But they don't have pitching. They're a good team. They're not an elite team yet. Correct. But good will not get you to the World Series. Correct. So, Reynolds, appreciate the call, man. That's just what I have to say. I, I, I love you, Paul, but keep smoking that stuff. That's as close to the World Series you're going to get. Appreciate the call, man. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I don't understand. Look, I, I understand having faith in the team that you cheer for, and that's great. But it's the Yankees. It's the Yankees. That's like being in the NFL and saying, oh, you know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? The Patriots. That would be like saying Mac Jones is going to take That's actually a solid example since, you know, they used to do it a lot. Yeah, very historic franchise. But as of late, you're not anticipating them to win a championship. Do you trust anybody outside of Mac Jones? To take you to a tight hell, do you really even trust Mac Jones? I mean, you trust Matthew Judon. I, it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, they might be a good team. The Patriots might win ten games this year, but are they going to do anything with it? No, probably not. Same thing with the Yankees. They might win ninety games. And everybody goes, "Oh man, look at the Yankees! They won ninety games." But if you lose in the ALDS, does it even matter? The answer is no. Your pitching was suspect last year, and now two of your key pieces of your rotation are going to miss significant time. That's not a recipe for success. It's just not. We'll take a timeout. We're going to the moon next. 
Fly me to the moon. and Nash are ready to launch into all things Houston Astros. Here is To The Moon on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brian LaLima, who is a co-host of the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Radio 790 in Houston, and he's also a senior contributor for Apollo HOU, joins us for To The Moon. Brian, what's going on, bud? How are you? Good, man. How we feeling, man? It's been a while. Glad to be back. How we feeling over in uh, good old Louisiana? I'm ready for some Astros baseball. Are you, me and you both, man. Me and you both. Because the spring training is just a tease. It, yeah, it is, man. It, it's a tease, but you know, luckily we get to watch some World Baseball Classic with a championship game tonight, so that's been good. Yeah, you know, that's actually going to be my first question. You know, looking at the matchup between the U.S. and Japan, Kyle Tucker obviously representing the the U.S. What are your thoughts on that matchup? Obviously, Japan has won multiple World Baseball Classics, the U.S. looking for their second, second straight, that is. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the game tonight? Yeah, Kyle Tucker and also Ryan Presley, America's closer, uh, representing the Astros. You know, I watched the, the game between Japan and Mexico last night, and it was electric. Japan, you know, coming back, tying it 3-3, three to three, and then right after that, Randy Rosarina for Mexico uh, makes it a 5-3 to three game, then Japan makes it a 5-4 to four game, and then they have walking it off. They've got Shohei Otani, who is the best player on the planet from both sides, pitching and defense or pitching and hitting. Um, I obviously I'm going to ride with the U.S. You know, it's going to be. Do we see Shohei Otani get some innings on the mound? Can can uh, the U.S. get to you Darvish early? Um, I just feel like with the U.S.'s lineup, they're so damn good from top to bottom. How can they not win, right? But you saw. Uh, if you watched the game last night, Japan was down basically the entire game up until like the sixth or seventh inning, and then they made that comeback. So I'm going to ride with, with the U.S. because who else am I going to ride for? But uh, it's going to be a tough game, especially in that atmosphere, man. I'm looking forward to it tonight. Now, I, I saw that Dez was, was out in Miami. Have you have you talked to him? What, what's his vibe over there in uh, in South Beach? Oh, yeah, I talked to those guys. Uh, our whole Apollo media, Apollo HOU crew, has been in West Palm Beach for like the last three weeks. They're going to be out there for the entire entirety of spring training. Those those boys are having the time of their lives, getting a bunch of content for us where you can find it at, at ApolloHOU.com. Follow us on Twitter at ApolloHOU and all social medias. But, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're vibing out down there. Um, they've been to a couple games. You know, they said the atmosphere has been phenomenal. Um, it's electric. It feels like a playoff atmosphere. It's been loud. Um, and they, they went down to Miami early today. Uh, they, they sent some videos to us in our group chat of uh, the line to get in, and it was like a mile long. So the atmosphere is good. The vibe is good. I'm jealous of them being there. So we'll see if U.S. can, can get a victory. So looking at the Astros, obviously defending World Series champs, but y- speaking of the World Baseball Classic and the same sentiment, you got dealt with a huge blow the other night when Jose Altuve takes a 96-mile-an-hour fastball to the hand and is now out for the first two, two and a half months of the season. Yeah, Altuve still hasn't had surgery yet. They're waiting for the swelling to go down. Hopefully he can get that surgery you know, later this week, you know, Thursday or Friday. And then obviously he's going to have to go through you know, the rehab process. So does it suck? Absolutely. It's a huge blow, first of all, because now – 
Uh, it was said this morning by Dusty Baker during the media availability before their game against the Marlins that Michael Brantley is going to most likely start the season on the I.L. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is going to swing a bat in a game for the first time in spring training on Thursday, hoping to be ready for opening day. And you have Altuve out, so it's a huge blow to the Astros. Who's going to hit leadoff? Is it going to be Jeremy Pena? Could we see Kyle Tucker at the top? Is there a chance that Bregman hits leadoff because he has such a good eye? And if he's not getting hits, he's at least walking. You know, can he set the table? So, yeah, man, it sucks. Um, it's going to be tough. You don't want to start the season this way. But if there is some, you know, silver line and they still have a, a solid uh, group of hitters for the Astros, guys like Corey Lee are going to get more opportunities, Jonier Diaz. Um, J.J. Matichevic, Chaz McCormick, you know, is Justin Durden is a name that's had a really good spring training. Is he going to get some time uh, on the big league squad for opening day and so forth and so on? But it, at the end of the day, it sucks losing Altuve. There's no question about it. So how, how does Dusty Baker configure that that infield now? Because Alex Bregman obviously has experience playing right there in the middle infield at second base and shortstop with the LSU. Um Mauricio Dubon is around as a guy who who could probably step into that role. You brought up Jonier Diaz, which is an interesting prospect role that that could fill in that second base spot. Who do you think's the best fit there? Uh, so it's going to be you'll have Bregman at third, you'll have Pena at short, and then the name that I think is going to be the opening day starter at second base is going to be David Hensley. Um, a lot of a lot of people in the organization are very high on D- David Hensley. Um, he's he's got good moxie. He puts together really good at bats. He's very versatile for being six foot six. He can play outfield. He can play first. He can play middle infield. He can play the corners. He can literally play anywhere. So I think he's going to be the guy that starts at second base um, for the Astros when opening day is. And you'll probably see him and Mauricio Dubon split time at second base. But as far as the starter for opening day, I personally think it'll be David Hensley. Which is which is interesting. Uh, I, I'm not against it. You know, I, I, I'm a fan of David Hensley and what he was able to do with the Astros. But wouldn't you want to maybe just, I, I, I guess people have gone away from the throw guys into the fire and let them figure it out mentality. Um, I, I just, from what I've seen and what I've heard and people I've talked to uh, with the Astros, especially from the spring, you know, from the, um, the Sugarland Space Cowboys, like David Hensley is a, a is ready to be a big leaguer. You saw some at bats in the playoffs last year. Um, obviously, it's a small sample size, but for him to come up in those moments and work a big time walk or get a hit by pitch or whatever it was, I think he's going to be the guy. Um, you know, and, and if look, they've got some young guys on this roster that are going to have to get at bats. So, who gives me the best chance? In my opinion, it's David Hensley over Mauricio Dubon. I know Dubon plays really good defense, but at at the plate. It's 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 Hensley for me, no question. That's just my opinion on it. Chatting with Brian Lalima from Sports Radio seven ninety and Apollo H O U. Looking at the Astros pitching rotation now that Justin Verlander is no longer with Houston. You've got Lance McCullers Jr., Framber Valdez, Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia, and Christian Javier. W- w- would you say that's the best rotation in baseball? Uh it's it's arguably one of them. I mean, you have Framber Valdez, who got Cy Young votes last year, coming back. You have Jose Urquidy and Luis Garcia, who both won double-digit games last year. They've got so much experience. Both of them pitched in the World Baseball Classic, and both both of them pitched well. Um, you know, Hunter Brown is obviously a name that everybody's going to be talking about. 
because, excuse me, he's got electric stuff. Can he come out and consistently throw strikes? And then another guy that's that's in the in the bullpen um, that you know could see some starts on the mound is Brian Abreu. There are people in the organization that have talked about Brian Abreu becoming one of those starters with electric stuff. So, yeah, it's arguably one of the best rotations in baseball just because of all the experience. All of those guys have postseason experience. They've pitched in high-leverage situations. They've pitched in high-intense atmospheres, and they're all coming back once again. They're all healthy except for Lance McCullers, and when you get him back, you get him healthy. It just adds to the versatility of that rotation. Have the Astros just settled on Hunter Brown being a reliever? No, he's going to be a starter. He'll be in the rotation. So so does that so say Hunter Brown moves into the rotation, does that knock Christian Javier into the bullpen? No, no, no. You're 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 So you're gonna you have, have a six man rotation. No, you have a five man. You've got Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, um who am I missing? Uh Jose Arquiti and then Hunter Brown is your fifth starter. Because you lose Lance McCullers. So Lance McCullers would have made a six-man rotation if you wanted it. Okay, yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Okay, so looking at some of the young guys, we obviously just mentioned Hunter Brown. You talked about Jeanier Diaz, Mauricio Dubon, David Hensley. Who who are you expecting the most out of in, in 2023? Uh, Corey Lee. Corey Lee is who I think will be um, – now with Michael Brantley not being ready for opening day, um, he had some family issues that he had to tend to, so he was away from camp, away from the team for a couple of days, uh, a week or so. You know, you're going to have to have a, a DH, and I think Corey Lee is going to get some time behind the plate, behind Martin Maldonado, but I also think he's going to have some uh, at-bats as the DH. I think you'll see a lot from Corey Lee this year. He's had a pretty good spring. He's got a rocket arm behind the plate. He's learning from one of the best catchers in baseball and Martin Maldonado. He's the guy that I think you will see the most from. Now, are you surprised, you know, Dan Brown comes in as the GM and he had a track record in his last couple of months with Atlanta as, as a guy that locked up his young talent long-term. Are you kind of surprised with how the contract talks with Kyle Tucker have been going? Uh, no, no, I'm not because, um, Kyle Tucker is a 30-30 guy. He hit 30 bombs last year. He was he had 25 stolen bases. He was five stolen bases away from being a 30-30 guy. He's going to be in the con- at some point in the next year or two. He's going to be in the conversation for MVP. He's just that good. He can run. He he plays. He's a Gold Glove outfielder. Uh, he obviously he can hit. So am I surprised? No, I'm not. I I was a little disappointed with the um, arbitration hearing. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's business, and you can't really take that personal. He's under team control for like another two to three years. So do I want Kyle Tucker locked up? Absolutely. And if they're, I'm not a believer in 10-year contracts. 10-year contracts are crazy to me. And the, my example is, look what the Angels have had to suffer through because they sent all that money in all those years to Albert Pools. There was no way to build around it because you had all that money locked up in Albert Pools. Then you got Mike Trout. They haven't, they've been to the playoffs one time. And they got swept in three games. Mike Trout, I mean, think about it. Mike Trout's played in three playoff games in his career, and he's going to go down as one of the best baseball players to ever live. So I'm not a believer in 10-year contracts, but I would give Kyle Tucker a 10-year contract if I did. Just because he's, what, 26 years old, if you get him for all of 10 years, 
Then he he comes out of that contract at 36. They just signed Jose Abreu, who is 36 years old. So if you can get it for those 10 years in his prime, I'd be okay with it. So um, I hope they get something figured out. I don't know if they're going to talk very much during the season because then they want to focus on it. But his price tag is going to just keep going up, so you might as well try to get it done sooner rather than later. Last question. Is Brian LaLima going to be at Minute Maid Park tonight at midnight to get his hands on a gold edition jersey? You know, um, I'm going to have to say absolutely not. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's hard enough. I, I Not hard enough. I have to wake up every morning at 4.15 to get on the road by no later than 5 because I'm uh, you know, every Monday through Friday, I'm on the uh, I'm the co-host of the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790 from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. So that's an early wake-up call. I know that place is going to be packed. Like there are going to be people out there, probably people out there camping out right now. Like I would not be surprised if there's people out there hanging out, ready to get their hands on those gold jerseys, those gold hats. Um, the Astros fan base is is phenomenal, man. But the, you know, when it comes to merch and and all these gold-plated jerseys and all that stuff. People go nuts for them. But for me, no, I'm, I, I'm not going to be camping out, that's for sure. Now, they've got plans to put those jerseys online, right, for, for guys like me that can't get to Houston. I would assume, and, I, and, and if they do, you better get on quick. They're going to sell out. Right. Yeah, so I, I would assume, yeah, there's no way because the, the Astros fan base is spread across the nation. I mean, when they go to Oakland, when they go to – Seattle, when they go to Colorado, I mean, there's fans all over the country just talking about on the West Coast. So, yeah, I would hope that they put them online. Yeah, that, that would make the most sense for them if they if they want to make a profit. Yeah, um, you want me to talk to Jim Crane for you? Get, I, you get your couple sent out there to the game, you know? I, I, absolutely. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah I'll, have, I'll have my people reach out to, to Mr. Crane, the owner of the Astros, see what we can do for you guys. Absolutely. Brian LaLima of Apollo HOU and Sports Radio 790 in Houston joining us here on the game hotline for To The Moon Tuesdays. Brian, appreciate your time as always. Baseball season is back, and uh, we'll do it again in a couple weeks, my friend. Hey, last thing before I get you out of here. What was the uh, what was the argument we had uh, last time I was on about it? Was it a po' boy's sandwich or a shrimp sandwich? What was it again? What did you not think of, or what did you think wasn't a sandwich? A hot dog. Yeah. Yeah, how are we feeling about that? It's still not a sandwich. I mean, it's not a sandwich, but I think we're yeah. I can't remember the argument. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll temper that conversation for later. I'll get <laughs> I'll get to you next next week on that. All right, buddy, that sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Looking forward to being back on with y'all. And there he goes, Brian Lalima of Sports Radio Seven Ninety and Apollo Hou. God, to the moon Tuesdays, so much fun. <laughs> we'll we'll take a time out. Wrap up today's show right after this. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. If you want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash, not to worry, the Game Rewards Club has you covered. Join our rewards club to score $150 to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or $25 to Mabel's Kitchen, both located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. However, you can only score these great prizes by joining the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. 
Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Is a taco a sandwich? Yes or no? These are the questions that haunt my day-to-day life. I think it is. I think it's a sandwich. So if we're going back, before I review the tape, because oh, that, that was what two months ago. God, it was forever ago. <laughs> yeah, that was before the season, before the baseball season ended. So Matt, I'm guessing, said that a taco was a sandwich because that was one of our foodie poll questions. Yeah, and you said it is a taco is a sandwich, but Correct. the same concept of a hot dog. A hot dog is not. And you saying a hot dog is not. It's like what are you talking about? A taco is a sandwich because you put vegetables on it. To me, a sandwich has to have some sort of vegetable on it. So what do you do Lettuce. when someone makes a ham and cheese sandwich and it's just mayo, ham, and cheese? That's just ham and cheese on two pieces so of So it's bread. not a sandwich? To me, no. What are you talking not. about? To me, it's not. I'm about to mute your mic. <laughs> this guy said I'm about to mute your mic. I'm about to mute your mic with 30 seconds left. Oh, my God. Thanks to our guests, Brendan Moore and Brian Lalima for joining us today. We're coming back tomorrow to recap the World Baseball Classic. Hopefully, it's a win for Team USA. And a whole lot more right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe. Be well. Hug your mom and them. Chris Blair and the LSU Tigers up against Central Arkansas coming up next right here on the game. Your home for the Houston Astros and those Fighting Tigers of LSU.